it. Actually, I think it's a kick forwards into the right. That's intentional runner. It's going to get there. Oh, excuse me. Look at this one. This could be close. <laughs> this could oh, be really man. close. <laughs> Welcome back to the One Over Pod, um, featuring your host, myself, Billy Annesley, and Andrew Winter of Banty Golf. Um, we have a very special uh, guest today on our episode, uh, James Nicholas, professional golfer. Um, we, we couldn't be more excited to have him. So welcome, James. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Um, just a little quick background on James. He uh, played golf at Yale and just turned 26 and has had a couple wins recently on the corn ferry tour right no not no. corn ferry uh, i won the westchester open and long island open which are just two kind of one-offs so not affiliated with any tour just uh, a lot of these different counties or states will have their own opens uh with a bunch of players coming in and just playing so i was able to go out and get, get two w's um, out in long island and out in westchester so uh not the corn ferry tour but <laughs> well nonetheless incredibly I'm, impressive and i'm glad we uh, covered that we're gonna we're gonna have to come back to that because James, like it's so funny. Like I'm, I'm so lost when it comes to making sense of the different tours. Like I really, yeah. I understand the Corn Ferry tour, but everything that's sort of adjacent to that is like so disconjointed in my world. So I'm excited to to dig into that and hear how it all works. It's definitely hard, especially if you're not a, like fully invested in the professional golf life and world. Like my girlfriend's still figuring. Yeah. I mean, no, she kind of knows all of it now. But you know, the first kind of year or two is pretty tough to follow, and like you know. Some wins are more important than the others. And if I won right. twice, we'll, won we'll, come, we'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Bill, I'll let you finish the, uh, the intro. Um, yeah, so I guess intro is pretty much wrapped up, but um, I think we just want to dive into some questions for James and um, we'll just start with when did you start playing golf and, you know, when did you realize that you were competitive enough to, you know, kind of pursue this dream of being a professional golfer? Yeah, I had a much different story than most, I'd say, that are playing professional golf now. I started playing golf when I was really young. I had a plastic club in my hand with hitting plastic golf balls around the house, you know, just like you see pictures of every uh, pro golfer doing. But I didn't really start playing golf competitively until I was, I'd say, 14, 15. So when I got into high school, I was always pretty good. But again, I was taught to just swing as hard as I could and, you know, hit it as far as I, I, I could possibly hit it. So that was... uh the raw part of my golf game. And I developed that really young at a young age, just trying to hit the ball far, impress my dad, impress my grandpa, impress my brothers. I would drive everybody um, and just try to just have some fun with it. It was never getting refined. It was never shooting the lowest score, even though that was the goal, but it, it was more just, let's just be flashy and let's just have some fun with it. And then when I got to high school and scores kind of mattered, I, I played my first tournaments and started refining my short game, started finding my putting. But again, I was a hockey player, football player, and lacrosse player, um, for, uh, first and foremost. Those are my three top sports. And I also played soccer and basketball. I was on the swim and dive team uh, during the summers. 
Um, I played I played pretty much every sport you can imagine, and that was one thing my parents wanted me to to experience was play everything and then pick when you had to. So my freshman year of high school, I played football in the fall, then played hockey. Um, and unfortunately I broke my collarbone in football and then I rebroke it again in hockey. So I went to, to get clearance to play lacrosse in the spring, which was my, you know, probably second best sport at the time. And the nurse was like, well, why don't you give yourself, you know, well, give your body a break. I know you're pretty good at golf. Why don't you just play golf this year? Um, just to let, you know, this collarbone heal a little bit, still a little messed up, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, sure. I'll play golf. And I went, went out for the golf team and made the team and I ended up playing well. And I was uh, the first freshman to make it to state in, you know, 20 plus years at Scarsdale. And that kind of stuck with me. And that was a really cool feeling, a really cool experience playing out in States. And I think I shot like 85, 82 at state. So I didn't play well at all, but just making it there kind of started this, it was a spark for me um, to pursue the game further and sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, again, hockey and football were my main focus. And then golf was just kind of that third sport I played in the spring to give my body a break. But my senior year of high school, I won the state championship and I won all four majors on the international junior golf tour um, and one player of the year. So that kind of got me some looks in college. And that's how I got started um, with my career. I wasn't, again, I wasn't going to these events with my coach yeah. and my parents, it was just like, I was going to go play these events for fun. And I, I went to Hershey, Pennsylvania on mother's day and I won the event, but it was, again, I was, I was going to Hershey, Pennsylvania to go to Hershey park and then go on the rise and then play a golf tournament on the side. So it was, it was kind of a different story. Um, and I think that kind of helped me excel on the golf course. So I didn't put any pressure on myself. My parents did not put any pressure on me. It was just, Hey, go play golf, have some fun. Um, you know, we're, you're probably going to play football or hockey in college, so it doesn't really matter what you do with this golf golf game. And I know this is kind of a, a long-winded story, but it's it's interesting because, you know, I didn't have these big goals in golf and then pursue them. It just kind of happened. Uh, and then I, I got recruited to play hockey, football, and golf at Yale. And again, my um, my goals with sports were always to get me into the best possible school. So when I had the opportunity to go play um, sports at Yale, I, I took that up and it was a pretty tough decision because I couldn't play all three like you could back in the day um, when it was a little less right. competitive, I'd say, but just maybe just the culture was different. And uh, I could either play hockey only or football and golf. And my dad had played baseball and uh, football at Harvard. So I kind of had that itch to play two sports growing up and, you know, be like dad. That's always what you want to do as a kid. And I chose to play football and golf just because that was my only option of playing two sports. And then I went to went to Yale, played football my first year, and then after a year of football, or after the the spring the the fall of football, I went on the spring break trip with the golf team, and we went. We played Cypress Point, Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula, Spanish Bay, Spyglass, uh, SFGC. Not bad. Like you name it, we played it, uh, and that sold me. I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really love football, so I stopped playing football my sophomore year, and then that sophomore year, to answer your question in full was the first year that I really pursued golf um, fully. And then from there on out, uh, I got better and better each year. And my, my senior year, I led the NCAA in, in scoring differential uh, through the, through the fall. And wow. that was when I was like, okay, I can actually, I think I can compete with these guys at the pro level. And, and I decided to turn pro after school. Wow. What yeah. a journey. <laughs> That's incredible. Definitely a journey. Sounds like you're just a natural. 
no coach out there, just pure, <laughs> pure natural abilities. No, I had some, I had a lot of coaches out there and, you know, I, I, I owe a lot to them and it's, it was just a different story. I think that's what's cool about golf is that there's yeah. so many guys from different backgrounds and different playing abilities and different, I guess, athletic abilities that come and uh, play the game. Would you say that you just got better every year or, or what was that like in terms of sort of like the highs and lows throughout, I guess, high school and then college and then turning pro? Like, it's actually cool that you say that you didn't really decide that it was your number one thing until like late in college. I, I imagine that sort of prevented you from getting burnt out the way that, that some other kids do. Um, but yeah, curious to hear sort of like what the, the journey was like, the highs and lows of, of those couple of years. Yeah, I, I definitely got better every year. Um, my scoring average got better. My abilities got better, uh, whether it was driving, chipping, putting, everything just kept improving. It was because, like you said, I didn't get burnt out and I didn't resent the game. I think a lot of parents put a lot of pressure on kids when they're young and it yeah. makes them hate the game. You know, they force them to go to the course and practice. And as a 12-year-old, 14-year-old kid who wants to go and spend six hours at the golf course, in the beating sun during summer when everyone's at the pool and the beach and, and, you know, maybe at the ice rink in my case, but I didn't, I was, I was, I wanted to go play with my dad, my brother, my friends, and then go to, you know, hockey practice and then go uh, to what, what, you know, what have you um, go do something else. And that was kind of my focus. And I think that stopped me from getting burnt out. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a really cool journey. I got better every single year. And I think that the other sports I played helped me. Um, get better. They developed different muscles. Yeah, I got totally. my fast muscle fibers from football and, and hockey. Uh, you know, my reactive sports, and then golf is more of a, uh, a. You know, people always debate is golf a sport, right? So it's like it was my slow moving, just finesse kind of sport that I had to develop those those uh, technical abilities um, on on the practice yeah. range and putting green. Yeah. What, what about uh, sort of towards the end of school, and you're making the decision about like, do I go get a real job? am I good enough to turn pro? Like, what were like, what did you factor in when you were making that decision? And then sort of like, what did that actually look like? Like, were you like, all right, I'm doing this. Or do I go sign some piece of paper or like, what's that process like? Yeah, I think that's a good, great question. A lot of uh, a question that a lot of people have is like, how do I turn pro? Um, you could, you get Andrew, right. you can turn pro, like, just do it. <laughs> it's, don't, it's, don't tempt me. <laughs> it's not really a, uh, like a sign a paper thing. It's just, you just, declare yourself a professional. And when you enter your next tournament, you declare yourself a professional in the tournament. Once you make, yep. um, you know, your first paycheck, I think it's like over a thousand dollars. You're basically a professional golfer. And in order to turn amateur again, you need to go through this whole process through the USGA to get your amateur status back. But um, yeah, so for me, I didn't turn pro right after college. I was like, I'm going to see how I play as an amateur. And if I can play well in these amateur events, then, then it's worth turning pro. So I went to the Sunny Hannah Amateur, finished third. Um, Alex Smalley won that, who's on the PJ Tour now. Then I qualified for the US Amateur, played pretty well, and then went to Q School. And Q School is where most guys will see if they have the ability to turn pro. So I went to, to pre-qualifying of Q School at Brunswick Country Club in Brunswick, Georgia, and I got through. So I was on to first stage. And in order to get through these stages of Q School, and it's not school as in you're sitting there taking notes. It's a tournament. It's just called Q school for some reason. Uh, you know, so yep. you're, you're playing, you're playing a four day tournament and if you finish top 20, you move on. And if you make it to final stage, you get your corn Ferry tour card. So I got through uh, pre-qualifying. I'm not sure what I finished, but the next round was first stage. And this is where it gets really competitive. Pre-qualifying isn't as competitive, but first stage, second stage are the two most competitive golf tournaments um, in professional golf, in my opinion, because they have the most pressure involved. So I got to first stage, 
And my goal was just to have fun and test my abilities. So I went there with no pressure. I was playing well. I was running on the number coming down the stretch. And I made like a 20 foot birdie putt in the last hole and ended up looking, you know, sit, standing by the tent the whole afternoon, being like, okay, am I going to make it? Cause I was sitting on that 20th number and it ended up being T20 and made it on the number into second stage. So that was my first week as, you know, a professional golfer. So got to second stage wow. again. I was like, wow, this is even, this is, I never expected to get to second stage. This is, a, this is as good as it's going to get. And I just played really, really well. Like the, the stars aligned. My game was perfect that week. I finished, I think, sixth and made it, it to final stage of Q school. And I was like, wow, I've got my Corn Ferry Tour card. I'm on the Corn Ferry Tour. And it was just like, I had no idea what happened. I was just at Yale. Just like that. With a bachelor's in science and biology, <laughs> like expecting to go to med school. But now I, you know, got a tour card on the second best tour in the world. And um, went to yeah. final stage and, and kind of the rest was history there. And, you know, played pretty well that season, my first season as a pro, but not well enough. And it's just, that's kind of the constant battle is, is celebrating and, and playing good. And then, you know, getting to work and, and trying to get better. Cause there's always going to be someone that's trying to catch up to you and, and get better than you. So, um, yeah. Wow. So cool. I mean, sounds like, you know, you've just managed to stay calm, cool and collective in, in all the, the moments that matter. Cause you, you've mentioned a few times that you, you kind of didn't feel too pressured out there. You just kind of, just let it take its course for yourself, pun intended. Um, but um, no, that's awesome. That's that's a really cool story. And, you know, I think it's inspiring for all those other young golfers. We have a couple high school golfers, uh, Banty golfers out there that I think, you know, can really, you know, embody the story and take it with them. You know, anything, yeah. anything can happen. Yeah. James, when it came to, you mentioned med school, like, I'm curious, was there like a system that you used to decide I'm going to go for this for a few years. Did you have sort of, I assume like your family and friends to like bounce that decision off of, or like, how did you think about, I'm going to give this a shot and then, you know, screw med school. Yeah. And then also so, tell us what kind of doctor you were going to be. My yeah, dad, what doctor? My dad's an orthopedic <laughs> Very surgeon. Important. So my pops is an orthopedic surgeon. So I kind of grew up around that entire space. So probably in that realm, sports medicine, but you know, just growing up having nice. athletes like, LaDainian Tomlinson, Wayne Corbett, Vinny Testaverde, Joe Namath, you know, come over to the house and they're all patients of my dad. Like that kind of, that really sparked interest in me. So that was why That's very I cool. uh, had that interest. But again, four years of med school, two years of residency, two years of fellowships, that, that was not um, yeah. attractive. It's, it sounds like you wanted to hang out with professional athletes because of your dad's job, but instead yeah. you were like, I'm just going to become one. So yeah, I mean, I think just... the one thing that my dad would prefer me to be other than a, a doctor is a professional golfer. He is the biggest golf nut, loves golf, um, you know, loves sports and loves some competition. So I think he's more stoked that I'm a, I'm a golfer than a doctor at this moment in time. But uh, I think that would only increase with uh, winning some some more championships. So <laughs> that's the plan. That's awesome. But to um, answer, answer your question, that's... Andrew, the, the whole like metrics, it wasn't. There wasn't like, a, oh, if I do this, I'll be, I'll go to med school instead of pros and cons. It was more just, yeah. I, I know I've got the ability. I'm going to go do it. And that was the decision. And my, my parents were super supportive. My, my girlfriend, yeah. my, my friends, my siblings, they were all, you know, they knew I could do it. And I, I still know I can, and I, I know I can be one of the best players in the world. And that's my path. And that's what I'm trying trying to chase. All right. That's Perfect. it. Yeah, it is so cool. And it kind of segues perfectly into 
the other piece I wanted to talk about here was like that dream and, and chasing it. Like, what is that? What does that meant for your life? Like the question I have here is, you know, what does your schedule look like? I guess like on a, on a day to day and week to week basis, like, and then how do you look back on that and decide like if things are going well, like if you're making progress, I think that's the other thing I'm super curious about. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, it, what it's meant for my life is a lot of sacrifices, just like any sort of success, yeah. any sort of um, hardship, right? It's, there's a lot of sacrifices that come with being great in any aspect of life, whether it's business, school, family, sports, um, you, you name it, it's, it's going to take some sacrifice. And that means not going out with friends or, you know, not going to this party or, you know, sleep deprivation, or, you know, it, it, there's a lot of different things that needed to give up. And, my daily schedule now is pretty fine tuned. And I think that it's a good mix of recovery, sleep, wellness, uh, nutrition, and then practice. So I'd say in my average day, right? And this is this, this is when I'm at home practicing. I'm not on the road. I don't have a flight to catch. I'll wake up at six o'clock. I'll get breakfast around 6.15 after my morning routine, which includes like a seven minute ice bath at 39 degrees, which I built down in Florida. So trying to, you know, get that wellness and that shock, the, the G protein shock. Uh, in the early morning first thing wake up and then have breakfast after that while i'm just trying to like you know cool off and this is on a non-workout day just gonna this is gonna be a golf day if i was working out that day i'd go right from my cold plunge into the ice uh, into my workout because apparently if you ice bath after workout it reduces the amount of gains you're gonna get so <laughs> doing it before saw that on joe rogan this so. is the uh the we, we love gains yeah exactly <laughs> <We> love gains. <laughs> so um, this is a non-workout day after my ice bath. I'll have breakfast right around 6.30. And then around 7 o'clock, I'll shower, change, leave for the golf course, get there between 7.30 and 8, depending on if I have a slow morning or if I'm doing some other things, maybe some emails will bang out or check my notifications or what have you. Um, get to the course. I'll do a bunch of short game practice. And recently, I've, I've gotten a pretty good routine that um, I'm not sharing. I'm, I'm keeping that, that routine to myself. Uh, and it's, it's a a long haul game and just putting practice and wedge practice. Um, but that'll take me to about noon and then I'll have a quick lunch, just about 15 minutes on the go. My girlfriend either make it for me or have leftovers from last, last night. I'm pretty lucky. Uh, she's a fantastic cook and chef. So she gets me dialed, um, pretty much every day. And then I'll go, go to the range and just work on my swing for about two hours till two o'clock, two thirty, And then from two thirty to about, Five five thirty depends on how slow the play is out there. I'll go play eighteen holes, and then I get back right around five five thirty, and then I'll work on whatever needs most work. So whether that's about two hours of putting, or two hours of chipping or hitting, it's just whatever I felt need more most work out there. I'll go back and do that, and then head back home around seven, and uh, get home, have dinner, you know, spend some quality time with, yeah. with my roommates or my girlfriend or whoever it is, and then get to sleep and do it all over again. And the the stuff you're working on, like, is that some like self-directed in terms of I felt like like this was off today or is there also a coach or a team involved in terms of like here's where you're this is where you fell short last tournament like how do you make those decisions yeah um I used to keep some st statistics so I knew yeah statistically what was flawed but no when I'm practicing it's I, I have a good feel of what needs work um whether it was my driving today or I'm not putting well because it's a lot of golf is feel and how you're feeling and and uh you know yeah that part of the game. So it's, it's mostly just what I, what I think. And my coach helps me with my tech, technical side of that. But when I'm going back and doing that extra stuff at the end, that's more of like what I think needs more work. Yeah. And then just, just that bigger question, like when you think about 
looking back on, you know, we're halfway through 2023, like, can you say if it's like, has it been a good year? Has it been like a bad year? Like, how do you look back on things and decide if it's going well or how do you reflect? Yeah, well, when you think about it this way, I've got four wins as a professional and two of them came this year. So it's been a pretty good year and my my you know trajectory is, is, yeah. is, pretty, yeah, is a pretty steep climb right now. So I feel like I'm playing the best golf of my life. And uh, I switched coaches recently and Jim McLean and John McLean are my, my, my coaches right now at the moment. And they've really helped me um, progress rapidly. And pretty much a month after I switched, switched to working with them, I won the Lion Open. I won by eight, I think, or seven. And then this past, I guess, two weeks ago, I won the Westchester Open and I shot 1,600 for three rounds or, or seven. I don't, I don't yeah. know. But I, but I won both events you know, immediately <laughs> after switching. And it was a, a great two-week stretch back-to-back. And uh, hopefully just keep, keep pushing forward and keep the momentum rolling because it, it's tough to win at any level in golf. Um, obviously, a little harder in the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour. But wins are, are fun and, and they kind of push you forward and propel you to the next the next one hopefully totally and all right also, so we're i mean it, we're moving i was up. gonna say it's hard to even beat like my friends so i can't even imagine beating anyone on a real tournament so exactly um, you gotta take the wins when you can but um you mentioned uh checking your comments and notifications so fun fact here about james he has a following across all of the the main social platforms of almost half a million followers so what I'm curious to know is how do you balance your time between playing golf and creating all your content that, you know, you have to put out there for your fans and your following? Yeah, it's tough. Um, more recently, I've taken kind of a step down from the everyday posts and stuff, just to try to focus on the golf side of things and clear my mind a little bit. Cause I think that it's important to, you know, if yeah. I wasn't playing well, then who cares? Like if I was shooting poor scores. I hope no one would follow me. It's like, I, I'm not trying to be an influencer. I'm trying to be a golfer first and foremost. And, and that right. sort of thing is, is it follows. Right. So, um, I try to make time by, by time blocking and really making sure that I'm managing my time properly. I learned that in college and I learned that with my mental coach, Brian Kane, um, you know, really, really important thing for everybody in life is just to time block. Right. So if I tell myself I'm going to, respond to my social media or do my social media throughout the day, I'll lose time on both ends of that, whether it's practice or family time or friends, you know, party or dinner time, it'll just, it'll bleed into each other. But if I say, Hey, from, you know, 10 to 11, I got this podcast 11 to 1130, I got this call. And then from 1130 to 630, I'm going to practice golf. I'm able to be really diligent and intense about keeping those time or keeping those activities in those time blocks. But if I say, Hey, I want to do this podcast and then I'll, you know, just I'll have breakfast at some time after that, or I'll have lunch sometime after that. And then I'll probably just go scroll through my DMS. The time is just going to fly by and it'll be one o'clock and be like, wait, I got to go practice. And then now I'm two hours down on practice when I, I should have been, you know, at the course at 1130. So time management, like you said, I mean, to answer your question is, is really, really important. And I try to set limits on my phone. So I've got screen limits on my phone where it's, a, it's 30 minutes a day that I'm allowed to be on my um, social media on my phone, which seems like a, a very short amount of time, especially when I'm editing and posting. So I basically post and then get off. I don't do any scrolling. I don't like anybody else's stuff. Right. I, just, I just post and get off of it because I don't need to see all the, the negative comments. I mean, there are a lot of positive comments too, but like it's just it's social media. The world of social media is is a weird place. So I tried to do my best <laughs> of just kind of putting out, putting, you know, putting out my content and then getting off of it and then uh, coming back the next day for, for more. Well, oh. I, I can 
tell you firsthand that there are a lot of positive comments here um, from your big win at the Westchester Open. Yep. Yeah, this was this was a good post for sure. And I had a um, lot of supporters out there. And I think that's why I do social media is because I think people are are just so awesome, right? It's they're following the journey, they're living vicariously through you. And it's um it's really cool to see a lot of these young kids too. I'm I'm inspiring, right? And that's why that's why I do it. Yeah, that, that that's the best part of it. I, I can only imagine. Um but yeah, tell us a little bit. I know we're we're starting to wrap towards time, but why don't you tell us about your Westchester win and kind of what it took to kind of grind through that and you know what it felt like to get that W. Yeah, so I was coming off the win of the Long Island Open, um, which I kind of cruised cruised at. I had a seven shot lead basically for the whole tournament. Uh, I shot sixty one in the first round, and that kind of set me apart. And I was like, okay, let's That's just kind of put on the yeah, put on the coasters and just get this thing done. But the Westchester Open was a complete different beast. Uh, I was playing with my longtime friend and neighbor, uh, Josh Goldenberg, who played at Penn. We played in the same high school team. Like it gives me chills talking about this. But we played in the same high school team. And then we went to the same, you know, uh, league and yeah. school, Ivy League. Played against each other there. Then both turned professional, and we were both playing in this event in the final round together. And That's so it cool. was just birdie after birdie. I could not coast at all. I did have the lead to start the round, but it was a two-shot lead, and Josh came out firing. I think he birdied three of his first five holes. And by the ninth, by the 10th hole, we were tied. And it was like, okay, wow. I got to win this tournament. I can't just let somebody else give it to me. And uh, we ended up going birdie for birdie back and forth. It was total grind. He shot 61 or 62 that day. I shot 63. So I ended up winning by winning the tournament by one shot, um, even though he beat me in the final round by one shot. So it was a total beast of an event. And uh, Josh just played super well. And to have you know, two close friends battling down the stretch is, is a pretty dreamlike scenario. So it was, it was really fun actually. Wow. That, I mean, that, that's as cool yeah. as it gets, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, so again, moving towards wrapping up, like where, where are you at now in terms of your schedule for the year? Like what can people look for uh, heading out or sort of heading into the, the end of summer here? Like what are you playing in? Where are you going to be? Uh, and where can people find you? Yeah. So I got a bunch of potential starts coming up, uh, hopefully some of the Corn Ferry Tour, but I got the New York State Open this coming week, so hopefully play well there. But again, I'm playing a lot of Mondays for the Corn Ferry Tour, so I got the Missouri Monday yep. qualifier, then the Chicago Monday qualifier, then the Utah Monday qualifier, um, back to back to back. So those are my next three or four weeks, and then in August, I'm hoping to get some starts and hoping to play some some more events. So um, yeah, it's a lot of unknowns right now, but that's kind of my position right now as a I lost my status on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, so it's I kind of feel like I'm on limbo yeah. where I'm bouncing between the stars and bouncing between events. Um, but again, hopefully play well in the next couple of weeks, and then I'll have more clarity on, on where I'm going to be so, playing. So do you do you look at – is there like a schedule where you can decide what you want to play and like what you think is the best fit for you in terms of tournament-wise and sort of what will get you the most points back towards qualifying? Or like how do you evaluate, I'm going to go play in this versus I'm going to take that week off? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think that there's no right answer to that. It's There's no right set schedule. Everybody's playing different events. Yeah. It's the All-Pro Tour or the Adams Tour or the Alps Tour or the Challenge Tour. There's a lot of different tours out there, and I think that everybody has the right schedule for them. So I played the Westchester Open, the Long Island Open, to just be home in New York where I grew up and maybe gain some more confidence and win, and win those events. And my goal was to win both those events, and I did it. And I built a lot of confidence. And now I'm going to go focus on those Monday qualifiers for the Corn Ferry Tour where there's a schedule. So I'll go say, hey, I'm going to play the next three Monday qualifiers for the Corn Ferry Tour, see how that goes. If I feel like I'm burnt out or I'm not 
playing well, maybe I'll come back and play more local events so I can be at home, be in my own bed and get in a routine to then get back to those Monday qualifiers. So those Monday qualifiers are what can get you to the next level. You get through one of those and you play one yeah. of that event, that gets you on that tour. If you win the Westchester Open, like it's great. It's a little paycheck, some good confidence, but you're not advancing per se in your quest to get your PJ Tour card because there's no direct route. But the Corn Ferry Tour, there is. So it's a combination of playing both, right? Building confidence, being home, being local, or going on the road, getting getting through in those Monday qualifiers and getting to those events. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it sounds stressful. I, I'm sort of impressed that you can, can manage it all, but we're rooting for you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's definitely um, takes a toll, but you got to have a good mindset and you got to look at it the right way. So totally. I think that's most important. Um, no, that's awesome. I think we have two more questions to wrap up. Uh, the Banty questions of the week. What's your favorite golf course? And what or who is your dream foursome? And I can already feel that your dad is in that. So, um, might, might just, but like, who would be like a dream foursome if it's not like your, your dad included kind of like, you know, professionals or I guess. Yeah. So who are you playing with at what, what course? So you said, wait, no professionals and no dad. Is that what you said? No, no, all, no dad, just all professionals. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I have to shout out my, my grandfather was a big influence on why I played golf. He passed away when I was nine years old. So it would be awesome if I could, you know, bring him back and play with him just to, show him how far I've come from the, the nine-year-old me just whacking the ball down the yeah. course and, him, you know, screaming, wow, every time I hit Hold the ball. On. So I think that would be really cool. But to go with a, a four ball, um, and you're saying pick some professionals, like I'd rather play just, with like I, I uh, guess Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> like a, Matthew McConaughey seems See, like a yeah, cool no, Celebrities included too. Yeah. So I think Matthew McConaughey, I like a lot of his, you know, speeches and quotes. I think he's got a really good mindset and uh, that'd be really cool. To totally. play with him. Um, let's see. I mean, hockey guys are, does he even play golf? Like, I don't does know. He even probably, play golf? Maybe yeah. not, but probably doesn't, I mean, but regardless, let's go like Matthew McConaughey. Uh, gosh. And I'm not going to pick a pro golfer, by the way, because those are just like, I, yeah, don't, I, don't, right. <laughs> I don't care about pro golf. You want to win too. Yeah. It's like, right. I'm, not, I'm not worried about them. Um, I'll go Charlie McAvoy. Charlie's a close friend of mine. He plays in the NHL, so that'd be cool. I, I play with him about once a year. Um, so yeah, play Charlie very there. cool. And let's see. I could go really wholesome and pick like some, I don't know. I, I think there's, there's a lot of thought going into this, but I think I just pick another athlete. I think it's really cool to learn from athletes. Um, and, you know, Wayne Gretzky has always been an idol of mine growing up as a hockey player, so it'd have to be Gretzky. Um, I think we'd, get, we'd have a pretty good group yeah. of that. Are you, are you an Islanders fan? I'm a Rangers fan. Or Rangers fan. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. And what, what course? Where are you guys playing? I like Pebble Beach. I think there's just something so special about Pebble. Um, yeah. We do normally do a little family trip out there every year and play in a charity event, uh, the National Kidney Foundation. So we've had some really cool memories at Pebble. Love awesome. that. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. James, thanks so much for taking the time. We know we, we really learned today just how busy you are and your schedule. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, and, seriously. Um, this has been fun. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Thank James, you. where where can uh where can people find you? Like yeah, well, I'm Banty. I'm Banty. I'm James Nicholas Golf, and I'm gonna start posting some more, uh, I guess, live round updates on there, as uh, as well as some other things that are gonna come in the future. Uh, on Instagram, wow. I got James Nicholas Golf, so same name. Um, and then in, or TikTok is James Nicholas underscore, I think. But yeah, that's it. And then uh, I post a little bit on YouTube, but that's all travel stuff. And that's just more creative, fun stuff. Awesome. Well, 
Um, thanks again. And we look forward to having you on again sometime. Appreciate it, guys. See you soon. Swing it like a boomerang, a tank, come around, round, want to hit the top, top. Ooh, la, 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 la. Chip, pop, you know what's the big whoop when I play my game and then I make my mama proud. Smash, bang, you got to hit the ball far. Then the crowd goes, Woo. then you hear the Ooh, la, 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 la. Treat, treat. I want my birdies all day long. Let the bogeys go and say, hey. Ooh, la, 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 la.